Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. He doesn't like bullies, and he'll call them out. This, this is The Roy Green Show. For God's sake, start saying. All right, so that's the instrumental version of... uh, Turn it off. Get rid of it. Jet airliner. We thought we were being clever because Patrick Smith is my guest, airline captain. He's the author of Cockpit Confidential, a new book, and also hosts... Ask the Pilot online. Did that for 10 years on salon.com. I've been looking forward to speaking with Patrick Smith for several months now, and this is our first opportunity. Uh, Captain Smith, great to have you on the show. Hey, Roy. Thanks for having me on. And uh, just to clarify, the new book, uh, Cockpit Confidential, it's actually the second edition of an existing book. It's got a little sticker on it to tell you it's the new one. And I still do run uh, and uh, host the uh, website, which is askthepilot.com. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those flyers who has difficulty getting on a plane. I understand that it's safe, and I'm looking forward to reading the second edition of the book. And, uh, and I will start following you on, uh, on, uh, on salon.com. But I need to ask you some questions because, well, first of all, What's with the title, Cockpit Confidential? Um, I like the alliterative quality of it. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's actually a derivative title that was uh, sort of ripped off from Anthony Bourdain's uh, famous uh, Kitchen Confidential. Right. Uh, hoping to ride his coattails, though, uh, to a certain point for obvious reasons. Um, you know, it, it's funny because the book sounds scandalous. It sounds a little sensational. Well, it does. Like it's, it's a tell-all. Uh, you know, there have been enough of those books, and, and that's not what this is. Um, my book is supposed to be informative, first and foremost, but also entertaining, and it's supposed to give you insights into the world of air travel that uh, maybe you weren't expecting, um, but not in a not in a you know, you'll never believe how dangerous this way, uh, this is a scandalous kind of way like that. It's it's not that sort of a book at all. Well, I've had the opportunity, I've had the privilege of being on the uh, flight deck of a, of, a, of a major airline, airliner that was uh, flying into Florida. Now, this was before 9-11. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found, I'll never forget the tower telling the, uh, the, uh, the, the plane, 
just follow that, uh, whatever the plane was in front of us, just follow it in. I thought, it's a little informal, but <laughs> if, it, if it works, that's fine. Let me ask you the question that everybody wants an answer to, or at least I think most people want an answer to, and that is, how do these? How do planes fly? You have this huge, massive, heavy object. I understand water displacement with ships, but how do you get a plane with with so much weight and so many people into the air for such a long period of time, and it's so incredibly safe? How does the How does it work? That, you know, this is something I talk about in uh, chapter one, where I get sort of the. Uh, technicalities of, of air travel, if you will, out of the way. Um, you know, people marvel at the size of some aircraft, but, you know, in truth, you can get anything into the air if you give it enough lift and enough power. And, mm-hmm. and that's what it really comes down to. Big, giant airplanes have big, giant engines and big, giant wings. Um, interestingly, the, the, the largest plane in the world now, the uh, Airbus A380, for all of its size, it actually has very good um, characteristics so far as getting off the ground in relatively short distances and, and landing in relatively short distances due to its uh, its uh, r- remarkable wing and the amount of power that it has. It, it can be off the ground in a shorter distance than many smaller airplanes. You know, I saw a special on that, on that aircraft, and it was amazing how quickly it was able to get in the air. Something that big and be able to climb that quickly and be that maneuverable uh, speaks volumes about where we are with commercial uh, air travel. Now, what about, here's again, the person who grabs the seat handles or the, the, the seat, you know, and I read the same page probably 50 times, and I haven't got a clue at the end of the flight what I've read. I've done a fair bit of flying. Turbulence is the one that gets to me. Um, and just then we also have the concern, and I know it's in your book, the concern about safety, about flying safely, about not having to deal with terrorism issues. Speak about that to us, please. Well, we're talking about different things there, Roy, but uh, let's see, let's jump in. Um, You know, fear of flying, generally speaking, everybody, every person who gets on a plane, no matter how experienced you are, is on some level afraid to fly, and that's fine. That's that's normal. That's human nature. Uh, for some people, though, it it becomes uh, a real problem. Uh, people, a lot of people, simply can't do it. And for some people, all the the straight talk and all the explaining in the world isn't going to make a difference. It's something that ultimately has to be handled by a mental health professional. So, you know, my book is able to, to help a lot of people who have a, you know a certain baseline anxiety when it comes to flying, but it's it's not going to cure everybody's uh, phobia if, if you're one of those people who, for whom it's 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 very intense. Uh, that it becomes another another topic entirely. It's not about flying at that point. It's about something that, that manifests itself through that fear. Now, uh, meanwhile, one of the things that I think is is remarkable is statistically we've never been safer than we are right now. I mean, here in the U.S., or we could say North America, um, there hasn't been a a large-scale catastrophic crash involving a major carrier since uh, 2001. I mean, we've gone 18 years. It's amazing. Uh, That's absolutely astonishing, because when you go back to the 1960s, 70s, 80s, into the 1990s, you know, it wasn't unusual to have two, three, or four major disasters every year. And globally, sometimes you'd have 15 in a year. You know, now if we have one, 
it's it's a big deal. Uh, we've we've engineered away what used to be the most common causes of crashes, and the irony is that you you almost wouldn't know it because you turn on the TV or you go online, and every little incident, every little precautionary landing or malfunction is, is you know on somebody's cell phone video now and gets spread around and becomes. Uh, spun up into into a media spectacle and and that's because i think of the way media now is is so uh, there's so much of it and it's spread across so many different platforms all vying for eyeballs so even comparatively minor incidents become you know what in some people's minds are are major incidents and it gives people the idea that flying is more dangerous than ever when when exactly the opposite is true when you're in the uh, on the flight deck, when you're in the cockpit, the the old days of uh, having a half a steering wheel, like in a race car, those days are long gone, right? You have you have the joystick, and the automation is is incredible. Computerization is incredible. Uh, how much more simple has that made flying? And does that at some point become an issue as far as pilot training is concerned? Because if the perception is that the plane can fly itself, maybe the airlines cut back a bit on pilot training. Uh, that was a friend of mine brought that, that question up, and I told him I'd be speaking with you. What about that? Yeah, and this is something I address in, um, in the book in a pretty lengthy segment. Um, you know, the cockpit automation, it, 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 it's it's pretty sophisticated and it, and it also isn't and you know I think in a lot of ways that flying is more difficult and more complex and and more challenging for pilots now than it's ever been it's just challenging in a different way I mean pilots still fly the aircraft they just fly it in a different way from was the case in the 1940s and you know this is a frustrating topic for me because people have such a vastly exaggerated sense of what cockpit automation actually does and how pilots interact with that automation. You said something a moment ago about planes flying themselves. Well, that's you know that's what we keep hearing that the, right, the, the right. plane can land itself better than the pilot can. It's like people say to me, "Well, all you do is sit down and talk for three hours." Yeah, I mean that's that's it's BS for lack of a better term. <laughs> it is. We hear it over and over and over and over again. And you know the the analogy I make is the the. A plane can no more fly itself than an operating room in a hospital can perform an organ transplant by itself. Right. Um, and people would be really surprised at how busy a cockpit becomes to the point where both pilots can be often task-saturated with all of the automation up and running. I mean, the automation only does what the pilots tell it to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, why to do it. There are different modes for so many different things. It's, it's very work-intensive still just in a different way. Um, you know, you're not controlling the airplane as much with your hands physically on the steering wheel as, as was the case decades ago, but you're still controlling the airplane. What is the, uh, what is another major fallacy that you cover in the book that people have about airline travel? You know, by the time we get to the airport and people are probably in some families not even talking to each other anymore, just getting to the airport has been so stressful. What are some of the fallacies that are, that, that, that go along with getting on a plane and, and flying? Well, uh, great question, Roy. And we just, we just hit one of the big ones. Um, but there are so many others. And I, I say in the book's introduction, um, everything you think you know about flying is wrong. And 
there's obviously uh, that's obviously meant to be taken with a grain of salt, but there's an element of truth to it too because there's so much bad information out there. There are so many misunderstandings and exaggerations and, and urban myths, and, and it's hard to know where to begin. Uh, the automation um, one for me is, is maybe the most frustrating because it gives people this completely absurd idea of what I do for a living, and, and you know that <laughs> I take that personally. But other things... Uh, I don't know. There's a there's something I call a PEF or or passenger embellishment factor, and that is people's um, propensity to to misinterpret the sensations of flight. Everything from bumps during turbulence to angles of bank and angles of climb and descent, uh, they tend to be much 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 more mild than people think. Um, you know, even during pretty substantially rough turbulence. A plane is barely moving from its its point in space, and people have this idea the plane is plummeting hundreds or even <laughs> thousands of feet when really it's not. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. And <laughs> uh, during turns, for example, a plane will almost never bank more than about 25 degrees, and, and that, that's a pretty steep turn in a jetliner, but people will swear their plane is turning 90 degrees or, or climbing 90 degrees nose up when really it's about 20 at the most or maybe three or four degrees nose down at the most. Um, and people will say, oh, well, my plane was diving 60 degrees straight down towards the ground. I, I wish I could bring people onto an airplane or into a simulator and show you what those values actually would look and feel like, and you'd be pretty startled. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I appreciate very much speaking with you. Uh, if you go to askthepilot.com, you'll uh, see the information on Cockpit Confidential, the book. You can order it there as well, and there's a lot of information. And uh, I'm quite fascinated with the idea of flying, and I'll feel a lot more secure if I ever hear this is Captain Patrick Smith uh, when I'm on a plane. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you, Roy. I Thanks, really Patrick. appreciate it. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll come back with Charles Krauthammer. Stay with us.